for a few moments. New Testament gospel according to St. Matthew. Very familiar verses, scripture coming to you. Seventh chapter, 24 through the 27th verse. Amen. Recording are these words. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man, which built his house upon a rock, and the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the wind blew and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. The grass wither, the flowers fade, but the word of the Lord shall stand forever. Amen. For a few moments, help of the good Lord and the aid of the Holy Spirit, I want to speak from the subject, after the storm. After the storm. Brothers and sisters, as we look at this very familiar passage of scripture, no doubt this is the conclusion of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And the sermon uh, concludes most fittingly with the subject of the comprehension of the sermon by the people. Christ makes his comments about the comprehension. And if we were to go further and read verses 28 and 29, you would see uh, the people make their comments about the sermon and the sermonizer which show how they comprehend the sermon. But my assignment today is just to look at the comparison of these two houses and what happens as Christ begins to finalize or surmises all that he taught them in the Sermon on the Mount. And you can go back and read Matthew chapter 7 and look at all that he describes as he goes through uh, this, my brothers and sisters. But for the sake of time, let's look at this. First thing I want to talk about is the, pra the appraisal of the listeners. In his appraising of the listeners his, uh, to the response of his sermon, Christ gives the famous parable of the two builders. One built his house on the rock and the other built his house on the sand. Though this parable is very famous and well known. Few are aware of the context in which the parable was given. The two parables, uh, my, I mean the two builders, my brothers and sisters, represents two kinds of listeners. Uh, the saved and the lost. 
What I like about the Bible, my brothers and sisters, is really a comparison of two. And that's what we have in this world. We talk about two different things, the saved and the lost. The saved are those who heard Christ and did what he taught. And they are called wise. The lost are those who heard Christ but did not do what he taught, and they are called foolish. And so as we look at this, I'm going to expound a little bit, and you already got the whole of the sermon, but I want you to stay with me. Otherwise, you're going to be foolish. Uh, the exhortation in this parable is really founded on James 1.22, which says, Be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only. And so, my brothers and sisters, as we look at this, for those of you that are using our app today, uh, there are some sermon notes there, and I want you to take notes of this. There's a couple of things I want you to write down. Uh, first, the wise builder. Uh, this portrayal in the building is of the man who hears Christ and does what Christ says to do. First, I want you to understand his sweat. His sweat. It says in Matthew 7, 24, therefore, whosoever hear these sayings of mine and do it them will liken unto a wise man which builds his house upon a rock. To build a house upon a rock meant the builder had to dig until the ground until he found a firm foundation of rock. The account of this parable in Luke says that the builder dig deep, as according to Luke 6 and 48. See, sometimes a builder in Palestine had to go down as deep as 30 feet before he found the rock. And this was hard work. Uh, sometimes people don't want to dig down deep. And so in order for you to build your house on a rock, it requires you to do some work. It will produce much perspiration to dig deeply for a good foundation. Matter of fact, the story is told the Sears Tower in Chicago had to go down over a thousand feet before the builders found rock upon which to construct one of the tallest buildings in the world. I'm reminding my brothers and sisters, I was learning how to do a little bit of building uh, over the last couple of months. And as we were setting the post, as we were trying to get our foundation set, we had to dig down a little deep. And every now and then we would <clears throat> hit some rock. But in order for us to get where we really needed to be, we had to get down some uh, 24 uh, uh, feet down, not 24 feet, but 24 inches down in order for us to put some concrete down there to make sure that our post was nice and solid. We had to keep going a little bit further. And even though we used an auger to try to get down there, that wasn't far enough. We had to use a digging pole to get some of that rock down so that we can get far enough down to get a good solid foundation. So the wise builder realized that sometimes it's going to take some sweat. Secondly, uh, if you're going to be a wise builder, uh, we, we, we see that you got to have some sagacity. And this means uh, this, this wise man means that you're going to keep on going no matter what. You, you, you realize that even though when you face resistance, you're not going to stop. He, he, he calls him 
a wise man who insists on building uh, on a foundation of rock. That means that I, I, I realized that right here I could stop. But if I want my house to survive, if I want whatever I'm building to survive, I got to keep going no matter how tough it is. So I, I, I see that he, he continues going on. And I know some people don't know how to spell that, so let me spell it for you. S-A-G-A-C-I-T-Y. So I, I want to make sure that those that are taking notes get it down right. And then thirdly, I see his survival. Look at it. Look at what it says. It says, and the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell not because it was founded. Somebody say founded. It was founded upon a rock. I see that survival and I need to know if there are any survivors out there today. It, it's some survivors. You got to have a survival mentality. And see, when, when your house is built on a rock, you can take some stuff. It says, look what happened. Number one, the rain fell. Floods came. Winds blew. And it beat on you. Y'all don't know when to shout. I, I, I got rain. I got floods. I got wind. And I'm getting beat. Let me try that again. Somebody need a shout this morning because that lets you know that I didn't just deal with one thing in my life. I've been dealing with stuff in all chapters of my life. But even though I've been dealing with stuff in all chapters in my life, I still didn't fall. Because I'm a survivor. He says the storm will eventually come which will expose how well your house is built. And those who build their lives upon what Christ said will survive any storm in life contrary to those who build their life upon the vain philosophies of man, as we're going to see in the next verse. See, when you build your life on what Christ says, that's why the song says, on Christ, the solid rock I stand, all of the grounds is sinking sand. That's the wise builder. Those are three things I see about this wise builder. But let's look at the foolish, this foolish builder. Look what he says. And everyone that heareth these saying of mine and do them not. See, the ones that hear it and do it will be like the wise, but verse 26 says, everyone that hear these sayings of mine and do them not shall be like unto a foolish man which build his house upon the sand. This portrayal of building shows what a person is like who hears what Christ says but does not do what Christ says. Number one, the first thing I want you to write down, those that are still taking notes, those that haven't fallen asleep on me, I want you to understand his dispatch. His dispatch, he built his house upon the sand. This man didn't take time to dig deeply for a rock foundation so he could build his house in a hurry. See, see, when, when you get in a hurry, you don't have time to dig down like that. You, you, you're in a hurry, and Satan always has shortcuts 
uh, to reach our objectives faster than God's time. But every shortcut leaves out important ingredients of life. So he says, uh, I'm not going to dig down until I get right. I'm going to just dig down enough uh, to, to, to put the post in. It doesn't matter. As long as I can get it in the ground a little bit, I'm good. Uh, so I see his dispatch. But not only do I see his dispatch, the second thing I see is his display. Look at his display. His, his display. It says uh, he built his house upon the sand. All this man did was work uh, which could be seen of man. He wanted to display stuff that people could see. Watch out now. Somebody going to say ouch in a minute. Uh, uh, you see, because uh, digging deeply for a foundation of rock means that much of a man's building may not be seen of man. Oh, my goodness. That's why I said go into your secret closet. But, 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 but when, when you want to be seen of man, only the house above the surface of the ground can be seen. See, those who hear but do not have uh, a religion, that is nothing but a show. There is no depth to it. What I'm saying is, when, when you don't have no depth to your religion, then you can put on a good show. You can shout. You can fall out. Uh, but when trouble really comes, there's no depth into what you, what you have. And so everybody can see you. Mm. Help me somebody up in here. Uh, because you didn't take no time meditating and studying on the word of God. So it looks good in public. But in private, when, when, when God really needs to train you and, and really needs to work on you, when he really needs to get you by yourself, you, you don't have time for him. Thoroughly, thoroughly, and it, this is going to help me. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not really doing this. It's not me. This is the Holy Spirit talking to you. The third thing I see, not only do I see dispatch, not only do I see display, but then I see dumbness. Uh, it, it's dumb because he, I, it right here, it's right here in the text. He said, he shall be likened unto a foolish man. That word foolish translated in the Greek means dumb. He says, it's dumb. It, 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 it's dumb. Uh, it, actually... It's translated in our English word where we get the word moron. He's actually saying that you are a moron. Uh, uh, those who reject the rock of Jesus Christ and only hear what he says and don't do what he said is called a moron by Christ. Oh, my goodness. He, he, he's saying if you hear what I'm telling you to do and you don't do what I'm telling you after you didn't heard what I told you to do, you a moron. It, it, it is not a word that appeals to the world, but rejecting Christ does not appeal to God. Let me say that again. It's not a word that appeals to the world, but rejecting Christ does not appeal to God. So, so he says when you're in a hurry to build your house, you're building your house on sand. And, and sooner or later, something's getting ready to happen. This brings me to my fourth, my fourth point about 
uh, the, the man that builds his house on sand, the last point is destruction. Look what he says. He says, uh, verse 27, and the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell. But, but that didn't get me. Sister Pam, that didn't get me, Sister Lanika. It didn't get me Trish. It, it didn't get me, Brother Norman. It, 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 it didn't get me. Uh, but, but what got me was the next part. Right here, Sister Judy, it says, and great. Somebody say great. It said, great, Sister Mac, was the fall of it. It wasn't that it just failed. It, 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 it wasn't so much that the house just tipped over. It, 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 it wasn't the fact that it, uh, some shingles fell off. It, it, it wasn't, you know, that, you know, some siding came loose. I, I don't know if y'all been watching the news this year, but there was some hurricanes that went through Louisiana. And, and, and every now and then, when you turn on the news, they would show you some house that got destroyed. And basically what he's saying, uh, uh, Sister Zachary, is that when, when you build your house on sand and, and when one of these storms come through and the rain starts to descend and, and the floods start to come and the winds start to blow and really beat on the house, there's some destruction that's going to happen where you're going to have to start all over. It's not going to be one of the ones where you can call the insurance adjuster and they can take pictures and say, oh, we're going to send a roofer out and patch up that hole. We're going to send an adjuster out and they're going to put some more side. No, there's nothing left. In other words, what he's saying is that the destruction is going to be so great when you hear the word of God and don't do what he says, he said, you're going to lose every. You're going to lose every thing. My brothers and sisters, as I close, I want to talk about after the storm. Because the storm is coming. I don't care who you are. I don't care where you live. They used to tell me you can run, but you can't hide. Because the storm is coming. Storms happen, and they happen to all of us. Do I have a witness? And there's nothing we can do to avoid them. Storms occur not only in the natural realm, uh, such as tornadoes, hurricanes, blizzards, but storms also occur in the spiritual realm. And spiritual storms can cause uh, ever as much turmoil, frustration, and devastation as natural storms can. Often they leave an individual feeling totally helpless and desperate. Most of us have encountered spiritual storms Storms of such magnitude that one may wonder if they will ever survive them. These spiritual storms 
uh, often can create havoc and hopelessness. These spiritual storms can often cause stroke and heart attack. These spiritual storms can often destroy family ties and relationships. Oh, Lord, uh, these spiritual storms uh, can often interrupt personal plans and purposes. Uh, these spiritual storms uh, can often bring uh, suffering and grief with them. Uh, some of these spiritual storms uh, can hinder one's spiritual progress. Uh, and spiritual storms often leave one in a state of absolute confusion, not knowing what to do or where to turn. Do I have a witness in the house today? Many communities have warning systems that help alert people of an approaching storm. Yet all too often, many people fail to heed, and some even boldly ignore each warning and how often this is true in the spiritual realm i wish i had some help today many there are who have become victims of some spiritual storm simply because they fail to or refuse to take advantage of an available refuge y'all have seen when they gave a mandatory evacuation and say everybody got to get out of here by this time but some folks says i'm staying i'm not leaving even though i got the warning they apparently felt as though they could defy and defeat the storm in their own strength and ability only to discover too late that it was much too much for them with such a refuge available i feel like preaching now do i have a win is, uh, well, it happens uh, in the spiritual realm, too. With such a refuge uh, as we have available, uh, they could have uh, avoided uh, becoming depressed, uh, but they didn't. Uh, they could have avoided uh, becoming depressed, uh, but they didn't. Uh, they could have avoided uh, becoming discouraged, uh, but they didn't. Uh, they could have avoided uh, becoming cold in their spirit, uh, but they, they didn't, uh, they could have avoided uh, becoming downward uh, in their soul, uh, but they didn't. Uh, they could have avoided uh, many problems and pitfalls, uh, but they didn't. Uh, they could have avoided uh, so much pain and misery, uh, but they didn't. Uh, they could have avoided uh, becoming backslid, uh, but they didn't, uh, all because uh, they failed to seek uh, refuge. They gambled with the storm and they lost. Do I have a witness? And you know what happened, my brothers and my sisters? They became victims of the storm. Do I have a witness? It's sad to read about victims of the storms when they've been properly warned. And I just come to testify it would be real with ourselves. How many of us have been victims of the storm, even though? We've been warned. They became victims 
of the storm because they stopped reading the word. They quit attending church. They neglected their prayer life. They allowed their ego to get in the way. They yielded to the wrong spirit. They quenched the Holy Spirit with their life. They became victims of the storm because they refused to take advantage of God's refuge. Y'all know who's the refuge. His name is Jesus Christ. And as a result, it cost them their peace of mind, their joy and contentment, their Christian testimony, their spiritual victory, their Holy Ghost anointing, their freedom from worry. As well, it cost them their godly influence. And besides all of this, it cost them many blessings and benefits which God had available for them during the time when they were defeated and downcast. Why? Because they tried to handle the storm all by themselves. I wish I had a little help in here. You see, there's only one refuge that can keep you safe through a spiritual storm. And you know what? Let me help you. It's not philosophy. It's not democracy. It's not idealism. It's not cultic practice. It's not man-made strategies. It's not idolatry. It's not denomination. Nation is Jesus, Mary's baby is Jesus, the Lamb of God is Jesus, your midnight rider is Jesus, the one that dry your tears. That's the only one that can handle the storms of life. He is the one you need. I gotta get out of here, but after the storm. After the storm, after the storm, it's still Jesus. Let me help somebody in here that needs to know that storm will come. Let me help you. You see, I learned something, Sister Trish. Although Jesus could eliminate the storms of life, he doesn't, but he will give you the grace to withstand them. Although Jesus could divert the storm from coming your way, he doesn't, but he will hold you. He will hold your hand to protect you throughout them. Oh, shucks. I learned, Sister Pam, although Jesus could weaken the strong so they wouldn't be so severe, he doesn't, but he will give you the needed strength to overcome them. Ain't he all right? Although Jesus, Sister Lanika, could simply remove the storm, he doesn't, but he will give you peace 
of mine in the midst of them. Ain't he all right? I learned. I said I've learned. Although Jesus, Facebook, and YouTube, although Jesus could prevent the storms from coming, he doesn't, but he will prepare you for them if you allow him. Ain't he all right? I know Jesus could quiet the storms, but he doesn't. He would rather you, he would rather you allow him to quiet you. Ain't he all right? And although Jesus could quit the storms and withhold it completely, he doesn't. But y'all know what he does. He upholds you with his right hand of power, which is far better than lets you know that though the storms keep on raging in my life, my soul is anchored in the Lord. So I might toss left and I might toss right. I might go forward and I might go back. But my soul is anchored in the Lord. Ain't the Lord all right? So if somebody asks you the question, can you trust him to do so? The answer is yes. Can you reply, rely on him to do so? The answer is yes. Or can you expect him to do so? The answer is still yes. So let me ask you, after your storm, what would your spiritual condition be? After the storm has subsided, after the trials have gone and come, after difficulties have been solved, after the disappointment have passed, after the sickness is over, after the sorrow has eased, after the hardship is up, what will your spiritual condition be? Will your house still be standing like the wise man? Or will your house be like the foolish man? Will it be destroyed or will you dig down real deep? How will you define the storm? How will you define the storm? Who is your refuge? I'm out of here today, but I got a few scriptures and I'll take my seat because I know Jesus is my refuge and if Jesus is your refuge let me tell you what will happen then you will be safe you will be victorious you will be an overcomer you will be secured you will be protected you will be defended you will be shielded because Psalm 3 verse 2 through 6 says many there be will say of my soul there's no help for him in God but oh Lord are a shield for me my glory and the lifter up of 
my head. Psalms 5 says, but let all those that put their trust in thee rejoice. But let me say this, let them shout for joy. Is there anybody that's going to shout for joy? Psalms 7 and 10 says, my defense is God. I know it looks rough right now, but when you got a defense, that's God. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Psalm 9, 9 and 10 that said the Lord will be a refuge for the oppressed, a refuge in the times of trouble. And they that know thy name will put their trust in thee. For thou, Lord, has not forsaken them that seek thee. I gotta quit, but I thank God. I lift mine eyes unto the hills from whence coming my help, all of my help. Can somebody say all my help comes from the Lord after the storm, after the storm. After the storm. After the storm. Because the storm is coming. But Matthew 7, 24. Say therefore. He puts it there for a reason. Whosoever hear these sayings of mine and do them is a wise man. So are you going to be wise? God bless you. And may God keep you is our prayer. As our praise team come back. It's decision time.